Welcome to today's episode of Lead This, a co-hosted interview-style podcast built for leaders and aspiring leaders who need practical help and encouragement for the challenges they face. Led by career coach Lisa Adams and Dr. Seth Stone, leadership development expert, together they bring you engaging guests and thought-provoking leadership discussions. Now, let's dive into today's episode. Hey, hello everyone. It's Lisa Adams and my co-host Seth Stone here with you again today for another episode of Lead This. Hey, you have just are lucking out today. You're getting just Seth and I again. We've been getting some fantastic feedback from all of you, our audience, and thank you so much. We really appreciate your emails and your notes to us and even uh, your notes via Twitter and LinkedIn. We appreciate that and please keep them coming. And one of the things we wanted to talk to you all about today is something that we all have dealt with and may continue to deal with, right? It's called working with difficult coworkers or even staff, right, Seth? Yeah, this is a... Because you're so difficult to work with. Well, right now, especially too, because I, you know, I got my arm all bandaged up and everything. It must be a real pain to work with. Um, Post-surgery, yes. Yeah, I mean, this is, I think we've been wanting to do this Mm, one for a while anyway. And and so we got enough feedback to to give us an excuse to kind of have a fun rant about it. Um, (laughs) And it's actually, it is really fun to to talk about in this context, being Mm. in the studio as opposed to actually dealing with these situations like we do a lot in real life. Um, But... uh, it's an important topic because right. I think it's something, you know, we all face it at, at some point or another um, in different contexts too, right? right? Is it a peer coworker? Is it our supervisor? Mm. Is it someone that we're leading or managing? Is it an entire team that we're managing? Um, all of you those know, can be challenging. Yeah, they're all, but they all have very different challenges, right? Mm-hmm. Because there's different levels of responsibility attached and, and role delineation and, and things like that. So it's important to have a... a good understanding of how to uh, how to do that without yeah. stepping in it too bad. I know. And so let's <laughs> so let's have some fun with this. Okay. Yeah. So difficult coworkers. What could define a difficult coworker? I mean, I know we were, you know, we've got stories and we'll, well share a few. The, the knee jerk reaction is it's the people we can't stand. Yeah. Exactly. That's what it is. Well, I mean, yeah, it's the people that drive us crazy. And it could be a, a personality conflict, right? Yeah. Um, it could be we've had past history with mm-hmm. somebody, right? There's maybe a lack of trust. Maybe somebody burned us in the past, right? Yeah. We've had that. Um, let's see. Arrogance or condescending comes to mind to me, sure. right? Sure. Um, you know, think of think of situations you've oh, had. Oh, come on. It's just those people. You take one look at them and they just rub you the wrong way, right? <laughs> oh, no, that never happens. <laughs> I mean, no, I, I'd like right. to think that as I've matured to, yeah. to some extent, yeah. uh, that happens less and less and less. But, but I mean, well, at the hope. end of the day, we're, we're all human, right? I mean, oh they're, gosh, they're yeah. and, and sometimes it's, you know, before, until we actually get to know people mm-hmm. too, even mm-hmm. just, we don't understand even what kind of context they're, they're mm-hmm. saying something with, or we think it's one thing, but really they mean it in a completely different oh way, goodness, yeah. right? Uh, you know, that happens certainly audibly but i know that happened i get complaints about that all the time with text messages and oh, emails yeah. yeah it's like people want to read the a tone, tone in something mm-hmm. that doesn't actually have a tone it's like come mm-hmm. on people but um pick up the phone <laughs> yeah but i mean there, there there are there are so many elements to it and you know yeah. some of it's psychological some of it's you know behavioral things that we see a lot of it can be baggage that we've brought with us from mm-hmm. past experiences at other organizations where all of a sudden there's a guard up right about you know uh, maybe a handful of different things that might not even be happening at the yeah. current job mm-hmm. but but we all kind of lug our stuff with us oh absolutely from the past. i mean i had a client tell me once um 
an executive who is, is a bit reserved, can be a bit on the, the stoic side. And so for him to open up is, is pretty difficult. But he told me a story about um, a past um, work situation where he really opened up and um, kind of really gave a strong opinion on something and, and really kind of, you know, put him put himself out on the line there. And he had a coworker that totally threw him under the bus, was mm. just like just reamed, right? So um, he swore he would never do that again Mm. so there's a person who's an executive who totally shut down because they got burned in the past and was feels unsafe yeah and uh defensive it's amazing the power of those types of situations Mm -hmm. right i mean i think you know it's it's easy to talk about in your personal life getting burned and and things like that and there's there's emotional baggage Mm. and all that that comes with that but it's a very real thing in the workplace, even though, you know, most of the people I run into, and I'm sure you do as well, that they'll be the first. I check my emotions at the door when I come to the office. I like to think so. But the reality is most of you us don't. don't. And people still get their feelings hurt. They mm-hmm. still get bent out of shape. Mm-hmm. And in the case of this guy you're talking about, right? I mean, it's just an executive who, mm-hmm. who literally just clammed up mm-hmm. for years because of one bad interaction. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so, he's very guarded. Powerful. There's there's powerful elements to, to mm-hmm. these types of uh, relational dynamics that mm-hmm. go on within organizations. So, you know, the question is, where do we start? And, right. and I think. How do we handle it? And right. How do, well, how do, yeah. And how do we handle it? And so I, I want to hear what you think on this. But I, I the first place my mind goes is we have to ask ourselves a question. Mm. Are they really that bad to work with or or is it is it me? Like, am I the problem? Um, do I have an unnecessary problem? Do I have a nervous tick that drives yeah. me crazy? Yeah. Do, do, do I? Do I? Do I? Let me. Yeah. Let's take an objective look at this first before mm-hmm. we just decide this person stinks to work with, mm-hmm. right? Oh, absolutely. What's um? And this is I. I know some ways that I react to certain types of people, and um, I can tend to automatically go to poor intent on that person when really I need to assume good intent. So that's one of the things like you you said, you've got to check it at the door. What? How am I possibly responsible for the challenges that I am having with this coworker, right? Mm-hmm. So what is it that maybe I am doing to um, cause our interactions to not be so effective, right? Yeah. Um, am I not, am I thinking too much out loud and they're reading it wrong, right? Am I not a commu- uh, communicating effectively? Am I saying something that really is offensive to them that I had no idea was offensive, right? right? Yeah. Um, so having, being able to do that self-assessment and even going to a trusted colleague or mentor to say, you know what, am I coming across, is there something here that I am not seeing? Can you be objective? Mm-hmm. And let's talk behavior, right? Yeah. Right, behavior versus character. We'll talk a bit more about yeah, that. Yeah, we'll get to but... that later. That's a whole nother, <laughs> that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother ball wax. Beast. Um, but what am I doing here that is uh, inhibiting mm-hmm. a good working relationship with this person? And yeah. that's tough to do. That's hard to open yourself up like that. Well, that comes back right? to two concepts we've mm-hmm. talked about so many times in this show. Mm-hmm. Self-awareness, mm-hmm. emotional intelligence. Uh, <laughs> I mean, how many times do it's we true. keep coming back to that? But it's 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 the truth. I mean, mm-hmm. but OK, so practically speaking, I mean, you're you, you, you live in more of a coaching space than I do. Um how often do you need these kind of self-checks? Oh, 
Well, I think when you get to these difficult situations and things are starting to really blow up, um, I, I coach clients to say, you've got to stop. You have to pause because we're in such a fast paced world. Business just moves at the speed of light. And sometimes we're just moving so fast, making quick decisions. And all of a sudden everything blows up and you have no idea what happened. Mm-hmm. And so really pausing and looking back and saying, what am I doing here? What is happening? And and um, kind of doing a diagnosis mm-hmm. of what's happening. What's happening with the person in front of me um, that, you know, maybe I don't know that there's something going on here, maybe even in their personal life that I have absolutely no idea what's going on. Right. 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 Um, and so being able to to stop and pause on that and really having a good one on one conversation, mm-hmm. you know, with that person uh, to just say, you know what, I think our you know, we started on a good good footing here, but something went off the rails yeah. and I'm not sure what it was. Well, I'm right? glad you, yeah, and I'm glad you, you you brought up the conversation piece because left to your own devices, and I don't mean you, but left to one's own devices. I could do that, yeah. That diagnosis becomes wildly biased. Oh, right? yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. That's, I've never, there's, there's, I haven't done anything. What are you talking about? It's not an accurate yeah. diagnosis. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that next step is the conversation piece, mm-hmm. right? Trying to figure out what makes them tick mm-hmm. and why. Mm-hmm. Um you know, it, it doesn't mean you're going to love the answer, but at least you're getting some information out of the person. The worst thing we can do in those situations is assume oh, yeah. um, or make multiple assumptions about e- either behavior or character. Mm-hmm. Again, we're going to get into that in a little bit. Um, or or that for some reason they're just intentionally trying to be a detriment yes, to you or exactly. the organization or, or what have you. Uh, and, and really the only way to get to the bottom of that is to have that conversation. Mm-hmm. And, and that's not to say that it's always going to go great or mm-hmm. it's always going to be comfortable um, and that you're always going to hear what you want. But it's better to have the information so that then you can actually go do the right mm-hmm. thing with it than to just sit around and guess. At yes. that point, you're not doing anyone any favors. Right. And, let's, and I'm going to be really practical because that's what we do, right? Um, you're going to have situations where you can go to this person and have this conversation and they're really open up and uh, their intent was not for this to explode and it'll be a great at least starting point for a good conversation you could begin to change some behaviors right other times let's be honest things are going to blow up in your face this person's going to get really defensive it's going to get ugly for whatever reason right and then and then what do you do mm-hmm. right i've had clients ask me lisa what do i do yeah um and then what we do can do? <laughs> well, it's well. Here's my advice generally yeah. to them: is manage the situation as best you can. There is a certain point where, if this person is not willing to to even be open up to have a, a fair conversation to say how can your interactions work better together as as coworkers, mm-hmm. you know, you don't need to be best friends, but no. you got to work together and get stuff done, right? Right. So let's at least be friendly together, right? Yeah. If it can't even happen to that point, then you need to seriously consider. I'm leaving that department or shifting or really learning how to manage Mm -hmm. that interaction and limiting it as best you can. Because I had a situation just this week where it was a very unhealthy, this person that they were trying to uh, get along better with Mm -hmm. um, was so defensive, so self-protective of their job because there's been a lot of change in the organization and is... um, really just trying to survive mm-hmm. um, that they were just throwing everybody and anybody you know th- seriously leaving a trail of bodies behind them yeah yeah <laughs> um, to just try and self-preservation right yep. so I I recommended that this person manages as best you can keep it logical keep it fact-based keep all emotion out of it um, but you may want to co- seriously consider not working with this person 
down the road because they were adding such stress to this person's life, to my client's life, um, that it really was harming their health. That's a good point. It's been going on for six to eight months. That, and that's a long time to, to yeah, be- It was dysfunctional. Up. Yeah, absolutely. Right? I so, mean, that's good practical wisdom, I think, for- uh, managing those situations because that's the type of situation you never want to be unprepared for that. Mm-hmm. That being said, for someone who's listening who this might be kind of new just in mm-hmm. terms of, oh, wait, you mean I actually got to go talk to the person instead of talk about them behind their back? Mm-hmm. Um, it, who might be, and I say that, you know, tongue in cheek to a point, but um, it may be a little uncomfortable for them. These departmental apocalypse type situations—they're—they're not—they're—they're they're the exception, yeah. not the rule, it's few right? And far I between. mean, yeah. Uh, so, like you said, you never want to get caught off guard. You no. want to be ready to be able to, to manage them. But you know, I, I and just thinking on that, I can't tell you—it's uh, at least half a dozen times mm. where I have someone just irked me. I thought this, this is the most difficult person to work with. Mm-hmm. And come to find out, there is something just tragic mm-hmm. going on in their lives, and they're not trying to be a jerk. Yeah, they're just managing so much stress in other areas that they're not really quite sure how they're keeping it together throughout mm-hmm. the day. And you want to talk about feeling bad, right? Right. <laughs> I mean, and so that's it's giving just... them some. You got to. You, and what's so good to learn about that? Not that you want to know everybody's personal life, but sometimes it helps to understand that, so we can have some empathy. Right. Sure. And grace. Yeah. Right. So it's it's OK. You know, I get it. OK. Yeah. You know, we tone it down a bit. Right. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Um, you know, and, and I think to, to the point you were just talking on, too, it, you have to take into consideration, um, you know, what your role in the organization mm-hmm. is. Right. You talk about, you know you possibly making a move or uh, suggesting that someone else make a move or possibly get someone out of the organization. Well, if you're in a non-management capacity, mm-hmm. there's certain things that are just going to be off the table yeah. for you. If you're a senior leader and you know uh, firing a certain manager or moving a certain manager could have significant ripples throughout the organization, you need to really think these things through. Mm-hmm. This is not just about you and them, mm-hmm. uh, you got to think about the broader impact that it's going to have, right? Right, right. And so a lot of what we were talking about was, uh, you know, that peer-to-peer piece. So what happens when you are a leader and the difficult person's on your team? Oof. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the question becomes, are they on the right bus, mm-hmm. a.k.a. are they in the right organization? And below that, um, are they on the right seat? Yeah. And so that's, t- this, is, this, is so Collins, this is where the yeah. Collins thing just, I mean, it's it's – it's brilliant in so many ways, but but this is really where mm-hmm. where you know what he's talking about. Um, you know, yes, you want to. Are they with the right? Is this the right organizational fit for is them? Is it a cultural fit? Is right. It a, is it a culture right. fit? Is it a job fit? Mm. Um, you know, I mean, we've seen that, right? Totally. We've seen people need to really not. They're just not in the right spot. You're just not. Yeah, yeah. So with the right skill the, set or whatever. The first thing you have to assess is, is this a good organizational fit? Mm-hmm. Uh, based on what I know about this person's character, mm-hmm. based on conversations I've had with them surrounding their willingness and or desire to be here, to be committed to the mission and the vision of the organization, does that make them an organizational fit? Mm-hmm. If you can check that box off yes, well then great. Now you got to go find what seat they're in, which means pull out the job description. 
And again, match that up with the skill sets that you're seeing. Mm -hmm. Not just the ones they handed you on their resume nine months ago or two years ago, but what you're actually seeing. And not just the skill sets, but what parts of their job do they enjoy to do? Well, that's the thing. I mean, they might be the difficult person, as I put the air quotes in there right now. They might be the difficult person because they're just really disengaged. Right. They're unchallenged or they're bored or they're just not a fit. And so they find the job overwhelming, maybe. I don't know. Or maybe they're being challenged in the wrong way. True. Absolutely. I mean, for me, for example, if you gave me 30 hours a week of administrative paperwork that you told me I had to organize, I would be challenged beyond measure. That would be bad. And miserable in the process. So... It, Very there's, bad. there's different kinds of challenge, you know, and I think we make that mistake sometimes as leaders and managers. Mm-hmm. Okay, that person's bored. That person's kind of plateaued. Mm-hmm. Well, here, uh, this is a need. I'm going to dump that there. I'm going to dump mm-hmm. this there. If they don't want it, it's not going to be a fun challenge. It's going to be a pain in the neck challenge. Mm-hmm. And, and there's really not a worse combination. Right. I mean, well, there's that, that mix of like every part of our jobs, you know, and our work. We don't love every piece of it, right? Mm-hmm. So there's always going to be parts of our our work that is not perfect and ideal, right? Yeah. So we have to just kind of deal with that and do it. But when that becomes a, the significant part of your role day to day, then yes, that's when it brings in that extra stress, yeah. right? Yeah, and that's and some of that that eighty twenty stuff yeah, that people exactly. always like to throw around, right? <laughs> I mean, it's it sounds it's such. Um, you know, at this point, it's so overused mm-hmm. that it's almost uh, hokey wisdom, but it, it, it really does have merit. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You should only be spending maybe 10, 20 percent of your time doing the stuff mm-hmm. that you don't want to do. Mm-hmm. I mean, anyone I've hired in the last five years, mm-hmm. um, I've always given them fairly loose job descriptions. Yep. And they've sort of always asked why. And I said, because I want to figure out what you're good at. Right. I don't know yet. Your resume tells me you're good at this, but I don't know that yet. Right. And I also, more importantly, I don't know what you love to do yet. And I'm not sure you know what you love to do yet around here. Mm -hmm. So let's take the next six months. And figure it out. And figure it out. Mm -hmm. And then let's get you doing more of what you love, hopefully, than what you don't love. I mean, I know that you. it almost sounds utopian in a sense. You can't have it that way every Mm -hmm. time. But I I think if we're managing and leading teams, the more we can bend that Mm -hmm. way... I think the happier our teams are going to be. Right. And we can empower them to do and, and a lot and empower them to um, make that choice too. Mm-hmm. you know, to let mm-hmm. you know on a regular basis. Yes, this is what I find challenging. This is what I'm engaged in. I like doing more of this. If it's possible, let me do more of this. Right. Yeah. And, and that, if it brings value to the organization and it fits within the need of the organization, win win. Well, yeah, I mean, that has to kind of be there. Right. I mean, you know, they could absolutely love making um cupcakes cupcakes and and you know uh unfortunately you uh you don't make cupcakes at your organization you don't need cupcakes there's not enough birthdays for all your cupcakes so unfortunately there's no value there Mm -hmm. go find some place where you can bake cupcakes Mm -hmm. that's a wrong bus scenario right right true that's a wrong bus right. scenario, and and that's uh, you know get o- a bit oversimplified, mm-hmm. but it, it, you know you, that is the first piece, kind of coming back to what we we're talking about before. Mm-hmm. You got to make that identification. Right. So if they don't belong on the bus, kindly pull over at the next stop and let them off. And let them off. Yeah. Talk to them about it first. I mean, oh, this, these yeah. things can be done with dignity and mm-hmm. grace. It should be done that way. It's it not. Should it be. shouldn't be a bloodbath. No. No, no, no. But Those... it should be a mutual conversation. Absolutely. Because clearly, if it's if it's not a fit for the employee, and they're they're they've become the difficult you know coworker, um, and uh, and it's just really not a fit. And it should just be a mutual conversation. And yeah. and 
part ways and I, politely, I get, I and get that's okay. that they're going to miss their paycheck, and they, mm-hmm. things might be tight for a few months until they mm-hmm. find something, and they're probably going to be cursing you for the next three months until they land somewhere where they're going to be happy. But in the long run, they will thank you. Right. Right, no we were just about talking it. about this, right? Yes. So Seth and I, so Seth, share uh, share your story that we were just yeah, talking about. Funny. Seth and I both had similar stories. I think, yeah, I guess <laughs> I don't know. It must have been about ten years ago yeah. or so. I, I don't know exactly, but I, know, I was I got fired from where I was working, and uh, I'm not I'm not going to say the name of the company or the person and keep it all anonymous. Um, I, I hated being there. Mm, yeah. I hated my job. Mm-hmm. In turn, I kind of hated been my there. boss. No, I didn't there. really have a reason to, but yeah. I, I because I hated what I did, and because he was the one who oversaw my performance, I naturally hated him as well. And then that actually pulls in some disrespect for that person, right? Oh, totally, totally. When I, they actually should deserve your respect, right? No, so no I, doubt about I've it. I've seen that. Yep. And so it showed. I'm not one of those people that can hide that sort of thing real well. So it showed all over my face that I hated what I did. So eventually, he put me out of my misery. He pulled me into his office and said, "All right, that's it. Uh, <laughs> turn in your key card. Go grab your stuff and get out of here." Bye bye. And at the time, I was like, "How dare you?" You know? Yeah. I've never been fired from anything in my life, and I was like, "I'm gonna." be all ticked off about this and looking back mm-hmm. you know I, I i don't think I, I i got to this place where i had to have some sort of uh epic resolution and closure in my mind but looking back over time that event was the catalyst for for the direction that my t- career took and actually mm-hmm. where i'm sitting today we connected i don't know about three months ago on linkedin this this former boss of mine and i and I had to send him a note. I, and I said, and it was a thank you note. Mm-hmm. And um, and he wrote me back and he was so gracious and he was so happy to hear that I had found success and, mm-hmm. and just, you know, found a place where I'm happy to be. And uh, and he said, yeah, and you know what? Let me tell you something. He said, I've, I've been doing this so long. Cause it's been in the same business really for about 30, 40 years. Because I've been doing this so long that about two or three times a year, I get emails just like the one you sent me. Mm-hmm. And, and and I wrote him back. I said, you know, that must be a really cool thing. Yeah. That must be yeah. a really cool thing. Because in the moment, that's really hard to to be that leader. But he's doing it. But he's doing it. That's admirable. That's what yeah, we strive for. I, just, I think that's really cool. I that's think exactly that's really what cool. we should be doing, right? So you might never get that thank you note as the leader. But you know what? Um, hopefully, if that person is trying to grow then you, you have made a very positive mm-hmm. difference in their life if, in fact, they are not on the right bus right. in your organization. Right. So, so a lot of what we've been talking about up to this point, Seth, has been behavior, right? Yeah. So and fixing that behavior. Now, what about character? What if it's a character issue, this person being a difficult coworker or a staff member? Well, I think it gets exponentially more difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you'll hear a lot of people say you can't change character. And I disagree with that to a point. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't want to get into the to the to the, the weeds of that. Yeah. But the reality is, it's much more difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, behavioral change is th- those those are relatively you easy because yeah. you can you can as long as you repeat the right behavior, eventually it will get ingrained. Mm-hmm. Um, when it comes to character, it just takes far more work. Mm-hmm. It takes a desire and willingness for the person who may have a character issue to change. Um, it takes, it, well, and even before that, it takes a recognition on their part mm-hmm. that to say, yes, you know, I, I realize this is a character deficiency of mine. Do you know how hard it is for someone to admit so that? So difficult. Oh. I mean, I mean if we're for just somebody being to honest, say that, oh yeah, if somebody said that, I would just give them kudos for just admitting it. Yeah. I mean, really, that's huge. Because most of us can't. I haven't run into too many people who can't. No. Myself included. Mm. Uh, <laughs> So don't tell me I have any character deficiencies anytime soon. None at all. I can't, I can't handle it. It's Friday. Um, but I'm sure I have plenty. But 
<laughs> that being said, I, I think if, if it's something, then you have to decide, okay, prioritization, yeah. right? Um, again, you're looking at skill set, you're looking at organizational need, you're mm-hmm. looking at the need of your team. How long am I willing to give it? Because any type of character change that you're going to mm. see come about is going to take Slow. significantly longer than mm. any sort of behavioral change. Behavior change can take a long time, let yes. alone character change. Character change, I mean, you could be talking about years. Oh, ages, yeah. Easily yeah. years. Yeah. Um, but again, you have to look at, that brings us to the whole piece of, you know, what are my, what are my, you know, we kind of joked about it earlier. We were talking about, it's like when you're dating someone, mm. what are my must-haves and my, and my can't-stands, <laughs> exactly. right? You need to have that list for your employees, don't you? Mm-hmm. I mean, it sounds silly at first, but we need to have You it. do need to have that. Absolutely. Oh, totally. And I tell, um, you know, leaders and job seekers, what are your must-haves for your for your job, right? So what are we going to have for must-haves for our staff right. and for our people that are working for us? What's, what's, what are those top, you know, two, three, four things yeah. that we have to have um, in a person that's in our organization? And what are those nevers? I, I never want to see this. Yeah. I never want to hire this. What is it, right? Yeah. And well, when you get to that list, too, I, I would... <laughs> I would argue, uh, I mean, depending on the, the type of organization, assuming it's not overly technical right. uh, in nature, but those must-haves and can't-stands are going to tend to be more character-driven than they are mm-hmm. going to be skill-driven because if you have the right character pieces in place people can learn and you skill. have the aptitude, then people can learn the skills. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You can teach them. Mm-hmm. The right heart and a smart mind, you can teach the rest. Bingo. Yep. Yep. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. Good. Well, I think we have, uh, I think we've... You know, hit on this topic quite extensively. I could keep going. I, I could keep I going for like another hour, but we gotta we gotta <laughs> cut it here eventually. We gotta character flaws. Seth, I'm gonna cut you off now. Yeah, fine. <laughs> All right. So, everyone, thank you so much for just even uh, prompting us for that conversation. We've been seeing some things in our consulting as well, and so um, when we got your emails, uh, we had to really hit on this topic. So we really appreciate it. Yeah, and we send hope that more. you have found some. Yeah, please send in more. We would love to hear from you. Um, and so I think we've hit on this a bit of a topic of, you know, working with difficult coworkers. What is it like and what might be the the basis for for the reasoning behind it and how do you handle it? Yeah. Yeah. So hopefully it helps and, uh, you know, send along questions. If there's anything else, we, we'd love to hit this again or any mm-hmm. other topics that you have that you want us to cover. And go to the website, leadthis.us, subscribe on iTunes or SoundCloud, and uh, certainly uh, give us your feedback. And uh, we'll see you again next time. We want to connect with you. Check out leadthis.us where you can see previous episodes, get a preview of what's coming, plus access some helpful resources. You can email us at connect at leadthis.us with your questions, comments, or even topics you'd like to see us address in future episodes. Finally, remember to follow us on Twitter at Lead This Podcast. Thanks, and we'll talk to you again soon.